scripture reading for today is from Proverbs 14:8. The wisdom of the prudent is to give through their ways. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Carol, for our scripture lesson. And, um, once again, we're grateful for our young people and their um, sharing of their talents and for you to be here this day, Memorial Day weekend. Let's pause for a word of prayer together. <coughs> Gracious God, as we come to this time in our worship where we seek meaning of your word for our life, we ask for your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, the words of my mouth, the meditations of our heart in this place. God, may they be in accord with your will. May you shape us, move us in the people we call to be. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Memorial Day. <clears throat> it is a, um, a day of mixed emotions for many people. On one hand, it's a time to give thanks. It's a time to give gratitude for those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we enjoy. But it's also a time for a lot of people of, of sadness. It's a time where we grieve over the loss of loved ones. Um, used to be that families made an, average, an annual trek to the, the cemeteries and remembered loved ones, honoring their life. Death, we remember that on Memorial Day, and death has a way of just reminding us how fragile life really is, how precious every moment that we have with one another today really is. And I don't know about you, but when I attend a funeral, when I uh, participate or lead a funeral, I find that I, it's a time for me to examine my own life because there I will be someday. And there we will all be someday. And inevitably, the question surfaces, how do I want people to remember me at my funeral? Significance, what I want to have had in people's lives upon this world when I come to the end of my life? And these are important questions, I think, for all of us to ponder, uh, to think about. And so I want to invite you this morning to join me for a moment on a little imaginative journey. <clears throat> it's a, uh, we're going to take a journey to a funeral service. It's going to be your funeral service. <laughs> How exciting is that, right? <clears throat> uh, if you get the chance, you're going to uh, imagine for a moment that you're attending your own funeral service. And uh, as you slip in the back of the funeral service, uh, you you're, you see the casket up front, and you see the flowers all around. You're glad they're flowers, and and uh, you hear the music being played. And you notice there's a lot of people there that have come to bid you farewell or celebrate your funeral, and, and you're relieved to see that people actually came to your funeral. <clears throat> uh, now, as part of um, this service, there are going to be four people who are going to speak about your life. Uh, there's going to be a member of your family. There's going to be uh, one of your friends. There's going to be one of your co-workers or someone that you have worked with in the past. And then there's going to be a member of your church family. All these people are going to say things about your life, except there's going to be a catch. And it may be a little different at this funeral than some funerals. Everything they say about you is actually going to be true. Imagine that. <laughs> so what would you want people at your funeral to say about your life? What would they want to say? What would you want them to say about you as a husband, a mother, 
a wife, a father, a brother, a sister. What kind of friend do you want them to say you were? What kind of co-worker you are? Um, what qualities of character would you want them to lift up about your life? What kind of achievements would you want them to Do you want them to say about um, your faith, the quality of your faith? As you look at the people out there who are attending your funeral service, what kind of impact would you want to have made on their lives? Covey, in his classic book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he says that we ought to be all thinking about these questions. We ought to all decide what we would like for people to say at our funeral service because that helps us to define our purpose in life. It helps us to really plan for our future so that we're not looking back over our shoulder at life regretting those things that we did or things that we didn't do. Because none of us want to end our life with regrets, do we? We all want to be able to live a life without regrets, and that's what we want to talk about this morning, what the Bible teaches about living a life without regrets. Now, when it comes to planning out our lives, I think there are two common mistakes that people tend to make that we should try to avoid. Uh, One of them is that we become so focused on planning and thinking about the future that we miss out on the blessings and the benefits of today. And the other mistake is just the opposite of that. We begin to be so focused on today that we totally disregard the future. The Bible says we need to avoid both of those. There is to be a balance that can be achieved in life, and this is it. Live today like it matters for all eternity, because it truly does. Live today like it matters for all eternity. As Christians, we know that the decisions that we make, we know that each day is of eternal significance. We know that the, the choices we make impact our lives for the future. We're all living testimonies of that. But as Christians, we know that the decisions, the actions that we make today go beyond just what we experience here in this life. Um, There is an eternal perspective to life for us. We know that each and every day, all our decisions have eternal significance. And so I'm just not talking about, you know, when we get to heaven someday, although what we do today does impact our eternal salvation. Uh, What I'm talking about more of is that how we live our lives today can have an impact upon other people's lives, the world we live in, in an eternal sense. I mean, you've heard that illustration. If you, if you want to know what kind of difference you have made in this life uh, or that you're making in this life, you get you a tub of water, you get your hand, dip it in there, and you slosh it around, and, and then you pull it out, and you stand and watch what kind of difference you really made. And, of course, eventually the, the ripples subside, and it returns back to the way it was. Or does it really? You know, if you were to examine that water closer, perhaps with a microscope, you would see that that water has been forever changed. I mean, the oil from your skin is now all in that water, along with some, probably some other stuff. Uh, you know, it, though you can't really see it easily, parts of you are all in that water. The water has been forever changed. And so it is with life. Every day we recognize that our impact, the things that we do, have eternal significance. When we're gone, the effect of our life, our presence here, will remain with eternal consequences. In effects, I, I think all of us remember that classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, where Jimmy Stewart 
uh, makes the prayer at some point, I wish I would never have been born, and of course that prayer is answered. And he gets to experience what life would have been like had he never been born. And he realizes the impact that his life had upon so many people around him in ways that he would have never imagined. The same is true for all of us. So this morning, I want to spend some time talking about how we might can live a life that impacts eternity. Uh, We live a life like it matters for all eternity. How we can live this life without regrets. Regardless of what stage you may be in, you may be facing the end of your life, you may be having your full life in front of you, it really doesn't matter because the day is the first day of, of the rest of your life. We really can't do anything about yesterday except repent and ask for forgiveness, uh, but you can take charge of your life from the day forward by doing things that ensure that you are able to live a life without regrets. So I think we all want that. And there are many things that we could talk about in this subject, but I want to lift up three key things that I think we find in our passage of Scripture here this morning. First of all, decide the kind of person you want to be. I would add to that, decide the kind of person you believe God is calling you to be. Think today to make that true. What kind of person do you really want to be? What do you want to be known for? What kind of significance do you want to have to this life? I actually asked that question at a Bible study we were having, and I got some interesting answers. And I remember two of them that worth noting. There was a man who worked in a company where he frequently had to make unpopular decisions for the, what he to be the, the betterment of the company. And he said that what I want to be remembered for is that people would say that I wasn't there to make friends. I cared about doing what was right. But there was another woman there who worked in social services, and she said to this question, I want to be remembered as someone who was sensitive to the needs and hurts of others. Now, both of those people were committed Christians, yet they had very dis- different perspectives on what was most important to their life. And one answer isn't any better than the other. <laughs> but uh, in this, this uh, comparison, you get to see there was a distinct difference about what those people valued as being most important and their purpose in life. I would ask you, what values are shaping your life? What purpose defines your life that uh, you want people to remember? I think think of the the Apostle Paul. If you remember his life, uh, the Apostle Paul truly lived with a perspective of eternity into his life. Early on in his ministry, uh, he writes, in, or actually at the end of his ministry, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he writes these words that all of us wish we uh, could have said about us at our funeral service. He said, I consider, I have fought the good fight, I have finished, I have kept the faith. I fought the good fight, finished the race, I've kept the faith. And then you read at the beginning of his ministry, in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he says, Consider my life worth nothing. I consider my life nothing to me, if only I may. At the beginning. There we go. All right. <clears throat> so you see at the end of his life, he's talking about, I, I hope that I have finished, I finished the race and done it faithfully at the beginning of his life. He's talking about how I consider my life worth nothing, that only I may finish that race and complete it 
faithfully to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you were to ask the Apostle Paul, what would be the goal of your life? What are you going to be remembered for? I think he would have said, I want to be remembered for finishing the race faithfully. And history records he did that. But how did he accomplish that? Well, he decided from the very beginning of his ministry the kind of person he was going to be. And he did things every day to try to ensure that that would be the case. He took action every day to do something to help bring that about. This is why he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself may be disqualified. It was a constant, a daily thing. The point he's trying to make here is that in order to be found faithful at the end of the race, he had to be faithful at the beginning of the race. He had to be faithful every day along the way. He lived his life every day with that perspective of eternity. I think the same should be true for us. This is how you experience a life without regrets. A few years ago, Bill Gates was being heavily criticized because of his um, lack of generosity with his worth. And um, and, uh, his response was that in the future, I will give to things that make a difference. I'll contribute and be generous in the future. Now, I'm not here to criticize or pass judgment on uh, Bill Gates this morning, but uh, it's it's interesting that later, as a response to all that criticism, I think, uh, later on he established a foundation that does a tremendous amount of good now. But the fact is that if whoever you are, if you're Bill Gates or whoever, you know, if, if you're wanting to be known as a generous person, don't wait for the future. Begin being generous today. Because it is what we do today that has eternal significance. If you want to be known as a life, someone who is generous, then start giving today. If you want to have a life of significance, then start doing significant things today. If you want to be known as a kind person, then start being kind today. Don't wait on that. Whatever you want to be true about your life, then do something today to start bringing that about and making it true. People don't um, live lives of significance by accident. They live lives of significance through resolve and through a lot of effort. This is why we read in Proverbs chapter 14, 15, a clever person gives thought to his ways. Another way I think we can uh, live life without regrets is to focus on what you want to give rather than on what you want to get in life. I've been to a lot of these goal-setting seminars over the years um, where you kind of set your goals for life, and they're all very similar in what they do. Some of you may have been that through your jobs or uh, other things, that you, seminars you've gone to, but uh, they all invite you to, to try to think about those things that you hope to achieve in life, the things you want to have in life, and they always want you to state that in a positive sense as if you've already gotten it. I mean, things like, I, I earn $100,000 a year, or I own a Mercedes, or I, I live in a home with 4,000 square foot. And the reason they want you to state it in that way is because they say if you can't um, imagine having it, if you can't uh, envision owning those things or having those things, then you're never going to achieve them. Well, the problem with that kind of goal setting, aside from being a little silly, <coughs> is that it's all about what I'm going to get. It's about getting out of life. And, you know, the Bible teaches us that there's a big difference between having things, achieving things, and experiencing a life of significance. A big difference. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 16, 26, what good is it for a person to gain the entire world 
but to lose their soul. The Bible teaches us a different perspective on life. Instead of setting as your goal to uh, get more out of life, to have more, why don't you set your goal to give more? Instead of making it your goal to achieve a higher place in your business, your company, why don't you set your goal to be a more valued employee for your company? It's not just a matter of semantics we're talking about here. We're talking about a difference of focus. And it's this difference of focus in life that makes a big difference in being able to live a life without regrets. I know a man who um, pledged uh, $15,000 to the building fund. And um, he said when he did that, he realized that was stepping out in faith in a big way. He said, I wasn't sure how we're gonna, I was going to manage that, but I, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. So I rolled up my sleeves and I really worked a lot of extra hours. I worked hard on my company. And lo and behold, you know, last year his uh, efforts really paid off because he said we made more in the business than in a single year than we've ever made. And I was able to pay the pledge that I made to the church. And, but this is what he said. He says, I would have never worked that hard for a new car or for a new boat. He said, I was willing to put in the extra hours because I knew that the contributions were going to make a difference in people's lives for the future. Some people work their entire lives in jobs they despise because it offers them a sense of security or it offers them the ability to be able to get the things they want out of life, success, power, possessions, whatever that is. But God's word tells us that those things don't make for a significant life really when it comes down to it. The significance in this life comes when we do, when what we do with what we, what we have. It comes from doing things with what we have, the resources we have. is using them in a way to, to bless others and to help others. It's, it's not in what we're going to get out of life, but it's in what we give. That's where you find significance. This is what Jesus is trying to tell us when he said, it is in giving that you receive, not getting. If we can focus our lives on trying to do something significant that is um, righteous, that is good in God's eyes, instead of just trying to accumulate more for ourselves, the blessings we'll find when we have our life focused that way in fulfillment and purpose and, and joy and happiness will far outweigh anything that we can accumulate in this world. Uh, I think of Ricky Freeman, who um, was a baseball player. He played the minor leagues for many years. And... Um, when he got to the point where he realized he was past that stage where they were probably going to call him up for the big leagues, he, he said this. He said, I'm okay with that. I wouldn't turn it down if they offered me to play in the majors. But if that doesn't happen, that doesn't mean I have failed. He said, after all, I get to play baseball for a living. <laughs> and that's all I've ever wanted to do. I, but that isn't the end of his story. In, in Ricky's Freeman's hometown, he was considered to be a celebrity, really, and he used that to his advantage. Uh, being a Christian, he spoke at um, churches. He spoke at schools. We encouraged uh, young people to make the right decisions in life. And he always made it a point to point out that their relationship with God was the most important part of their life. So here's a guy who's doing what he loves doing in his life. And he's using that to make a positive influence and difference in other people's lives. He could have made a lot more money doing something else. But he was doing his, what he believed God's purpose for his life to be, and he found great joy in that. He was having a lasting impact upon so many people that he probably could never even imagine because he was pursuing God's plan for his life and living every day with that perspective of eternity. 
This again is how you find a way to live life with no regrets. Another way I think um, we live a life with no regrets is to look for eternal significance in all that we do every day. Three brick workers working on a project, they were asked, what are you doing? One brick worker said, I'm laying brick. Another one said, uh, I'm working for seventeen fifty an hour. Uh, the third one said, I'm building a th- cathedral to the glory of God. These three guys worked, were doing the same job, and all three of them had a different perspective on what they were doing. And that made a big difference. The Bible teaches us the key to significance, the key to living a life without regrets, is recognizing the eternal significance of what we do every day. Here I'm reminded of a woman who talked about how after her husband died, they were having their first Thanksgivings with the family, and all the family members were there, and they were talking about the things that they were grateful for. And her eight-year-old son said, I'm thankful for the days that my dad took me outside and played pitch with me. Catch. Well, come to find out, when her husband was alive, his office was at their home. And when a client didn't show up for an appointment or cancel an appointment, he would always go get his son and take him outside and they played catch together. It was the, the dad's way of diffusing the anger he had over the client not showing up or canceling the meeting or something, but he had no idea. But he was creating a memory in that child's life that would impact his life forever. She said, if he had known the significance of those moments, I'm sure he would have done it more often. People, every day of our lives matter. Every day. The details of our lives may seem mundane to us, insignificant. But we know that they have eternal significance. We may think that we're just... Um, you know, killing time, <laughs> uh, defusing our anger. We might be strengthening a bond in a relationship that's going to impact someone's life forever. We may think that we're just having small talk with somebody. It's an interruption in our day. And yet that could be used in some way to change, motivate, impact a person's life forever. We may think we're just laying bricks whereas we could be building a cathedral to the glory of God. So look for the meaning in the everyday things of life that you do, the everyday encounters, because they truly have eternal significance. You see this principle lived out in Jesus' life over and over again. I mean, Jesus would sit down with a group of friends and family to have a meal together, and he would turn that into a life-changing experience. Uh, He'd be walking down the road with his disciples, and he would encounter a tree, and he'd use that as an example to give a lesson of faith. Every moment was precious to him. If we want to live a life without regrets, then this is what we have to remember. There are no throwaway moments in this life. There are no throwaway moments. Every moment, every day matters. Look for the eternal significance in all that you do, your words, your encounters, your relationships, your actions, the moments. You don't think anybody is even watching. It all matters in God's eyes. I'm told every year they have a um, a, uh, sandcastle uh, uh, competition where they do this uh, sand sculpturing on the... uh, it's a beach in uh, California, the Corona Del Mar beach there. 
and I don't know if you, any of you have ever been there, but they, uh, they have this, uh, just, it's unbelievable, the pictures you've seen of it, of this, the sculptures they do, they build castles, they build uh, faces, they build scenes, uh, you know, cars, it's just anything you can imagine, and these people are so talented, they have spent enormous amount of hours and patience building these uh, sculptures, and it's just phenomenal what they could do, and thousands of people come from all over to, to look at these and marvel at their creations. But here's the thing, if you go visit that same beach a few days later, all of those magnificent works of art won't be there. Uh, all those beautiful things of art are going to be washed away by the tide. And the world would try to tell you that this is how life is. We're here today, gone tomorrow. Any marks that we have upon this world, it'll be washed away in time. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can live lives of significance. We can live lives that matter. A life without regrets. If we decide today to be the kind of people we believe God is calling us to be, and we start taking action today to make that be so. We can live a life without regrets if we focus more on what we're going to give instead of what we're going to get out of this life. And if you'll look for the eternal significance in everything that you do. Because truly, if we live today like it matters for all eternity, we have a life without regrets, and we have to realize it really does matter, all that we do. Let's pray. Gracious God, we remember today those who have fallen as heroes and those who gave their life. We remember loved ones who have gone on before us and we reflect upon the meaning of life, the meaning of death. Yet, God, we want to live a life without regrets. We want to live a life of significance. We ask for the help of your Holy Spirit as we examine our own lives. Maybe there's things we see we just need to change. New direction. You give us the strength to do that. So, God, come and help us with those decisions and those actions. Lead us into a life lived fully with purpose and meaning, that we may impact this world in a way that you would call us to, a way that's positive, a way that brings glory to you, and that we find true life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.